actually, I don't know if he is or isn't. I don't know. I'm just giving him a hard time, and I can do that. So now it's on visual or audio, so he can, when he listens to my sermon, he can hear that I said it. So that way you don't have to go tell him that I said it, and then, you know, so it's public knowledge, right? So anyways, um, man, it's good to be back home. I, uh, I skipped last week, so that's why, I you know, but uh, we were able to go back to Michigan for a little bit and see family and uh, some good time there with my parents and Linda's family and, and stuff. But before I start getting into the Word, I just, I wanted to share a little story as I was talking um, to a friend. Actually, it was Jonathan's brother. We stopped on the way... Um, through Des Moines, and uh, Jonathan's brother Jordan and I have actually been friends longer than Jonathan and I have, and um, we were just talking, and um, and I was sharing the story about the buck that I shot. Does, does everyone remember that story I preached on a couple of weeks ago or months ago? Okay, I'm not gonna go through the whole the whole story because I bore most of you to death, you know, but I heard an amen over here. Man, that's a big that's the most amen I think I've ever got. No, just kidding. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I was talking to him, I was telling the story, and um, remember, I, was, I, I laid hands on my body, and um, I just said, Lord, will you just touch my body and touch it? And to be honest with you, I don't know if I share this in my sermon, but I did share this with Jordan. I really was hoping that the Lord would touch my belly because I know that I haven't exercised as much as I should be doing, you know? But it was cool. I was talking to him, and I recognized something that I had to share with you guys because I'm like, there's a little bit there. I realized that my knees haven't bothered me playing basketball since I prayed. And that has been an awesome thing. I used to, and it happened in, in, in college because I triple jumped in college, and there was so much pounding on my knees that I know that's when I hurt my knees, but I have not been able to run on hard surfaces. So most of the time I'd run on ellipticals all the time. But, but after doing that, I've been playing basketball with, with Larry and, um, and I've noticed that my knees have not bothered me at all. So God is so, so good. And so I was, I was all excited. So I shared that story with, with people back home and, and then, or back in Michigan, because here's home, and uh, back in Michigan. Well, then Linda and I were talking, and um, we were going to see uh, her sister. And um, anyway, so her, her sister's hip has been bothering her. And, um, and then her, it's a genetic thing. Um, or whatever you want to call it, but her, the, like there's several of them that their hips hurt. So we went over to her sister's house, and we, we just said, we, they were talking, and, and I knew her hip bothered her, and so I'm like, hey, Sheila, is your hip bothering you? And she said, yeah, it's always bothered me, and it's her left hip, just like Linda's, just like uh, most of the families. Anyways, um, so we said, well, can we pray for you? And she said, sure, and we asked her husband, sure. Anyways, Linda had her sit down and um, had her stretch her feet out, and one foot was a half inch shorter than the other one. And, um, and so Linda's like, well, let's just pray. And so she prayed over her foot, and her foot literally grew right in front of her eyes, and they equaled up to being the exact same length, and her sister was able to walk without any problems in her hip. And I'm, I'm sharing this story because God is good. You know, it's, God is so good, and, and it's not... It's nothing that we did, nothing that I did, but I share that story because it's, it spurs on. When you hear people's testimonies of what God is doing, it spurs on things inside of us, gets us excited. That say, man, God, you could do that for me. What are some areas that, I, that, that could happen? You know? And so I share that story just to, just to get some excitement and spurring what God can do and give God all the glory because it was nothing that Linda said, you know, specifically like, besides, Lord, heal her foot. 
And it was Lord that did it, not Linda. And when I laid hands on my body and my knees were healed, it was because the Lord healed my knee. And um, God is just so good. And so as I was preparing for this sermon this morning, I'm like, man, I've got to tell you guys. And this had nothing to do with my sermon, but I wanted to share with you about how awesome and how good our God is. How awesome and good our God is. Man, just down to the finest little things, he loves you and cares for you. And so this morning... I get the honor and the privilege to talk to you and open up a sermon series that we're doing called The Power of the First. And Jonathan and I were talking, and I said, he's like, well, what do you want what, to, what's some area that you want to talk about and, and share about? And right away I said, I want to do tithing. <laughs> Lord, help me. But I knew that I could share on tithing just by my experience. We can have difference in theology and doctrine or whatever, but I can share my experience in my tithing and what God has done in my life, and you can't argue with that. Because I know what God's done for me. And so I'm going to share from my heart what God has done in my life. And let me tell you, it's nothing about Bo Koppelman, it's nothing about Linda, but it's about bringing God glory. Because I feel like I've been blessed because there's a principle that I have followed that my parents have installed in me from a very young age. That tithing is important. Not just tithing of your time, not just tithing of your servant's heart, but tithing of your finances. And I've heard it said so many times, oh, churches just want your money. Well, I'm telling you this morning, I don't want your money. I don't. That's furthest from my heart. Furthest from my heart. Well, I've heard them, well, we pay you, right? Well, okay, so you pay me, but the thing is, is God really gives it to me. God really is the one that provides all my needs. And I can say that with 100% confidence that some of you could still say, well, we, we, give, we give to the church. That's fine, you give to the church. But I believe that that's God's money, and I believe that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And so for me, my heart's desire is not for your money. It's to see you be blessed. I want to see you guys blessed in 2017. I want to see this church blow open the doors and things happen in your lives and in your doors are blown open because of what God is doing in your life. Because there's a fundamental thing about tithing. And we could talk about, well, is it 10%? Is it on my gross? Is it on my net? What is it? If you pin me to the wall and told, ask me, what do I 100% believe? I believe you tied 10% on your gross. That's what I believe. But as I go through my sermon, I hope you hear more than that. Because it's more than that. So I told you a little bit of my, saying my story of sharing my experience. Well, growing up, 
My dad is an educator, and so he was in the public school system, and then he went to the private school because he felt God called him to the private school. And um, he dropped salary quite a bit. Well, then in, in 1993, the public school closed. And so my dad and I, well, not my, well, my mom and dad had six of us kids. And um, my dad went from making what he made in the private, sc- or private school to almost making nothing. In the, in, and because he worked for a farmer, um, and it's not against the farming, it's just that he was, he was just a help hand whenever the far- it was only happening during the, during the months of October, November, you know, September, when they're, when they're harvesting, and then when they're planting. So he wasn't working the full, full time. And it was sort of like my story that I've shared before. Like I, my dad applied for jobs and knew that this is what God was telling him to do and stuff like that. But so anyways, so he didn't make very much money. It was $12,000 is actually what he made. But one thing that I saw my mom and dad do day in and day out was every time my dad got a check, he never questioned 10%. I'm, I'm tithing 10%. And in that time, I saw my parents buy a house making that kind of money. Because the owner of the house was also a Christian and said, you know what? I want to bless you. So I'm going to fork out. I'm giving you the loan. All you have to do is pay me back the loan. So there was no interest, no nothing. It was purely on God's goodness, and said, "I'm not raising the. T- I'm not raising your your um your um. Yeah, your rent. Your rent. I'm not raising your rent. I'm not raising anything. It's the same across the board. And then I saw times where we were in need, and there was one time I remember sitting around the kitchen table, and my dad was talking to my mom, and my mom just came back from the grocery grocery um store, and she said. Or my dad said, man, did you get any ice cream? Because my dad loves ice cream, and so do I. And um, it runs in the family. It's like the best thing. It's like heaven. And, um, and so I just like vanilla, though, with peanut butter. They say vanilla, people who like vanilla are the, are the life of the party and the best people. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just saying that's what they say. I read it, I read it on Google or something. But... Um, but I saw my dad sit there, and it's something that he wanted, and he's like, did you get it? My mom said no. And lo and behold, no joke, five minutes later, a guy knocks on our door and says, here's a tub of ice cream that I wanted to get you. I just went to the store, and I felt like I was supposed to bring it to you. Something simple like that. You can't argue with that. Because God provided our very need. And he went beyond the need. It was a want that my dad wanted. Why? Because I believe my mom and dad were faithful in giving. Another thing is, during that time, we made jokes at Christmas because literally all we got were socks and underwear for Christmas. So we'd open up a gift and we'd be like, socks, underwear, woohoo! And so this, this past week, we got a gift and it was a box and I'm opening it up. I go, I know what it is. It's socks and underwear. Just a joke we have at our house, whatever, but... It was just sort of like one of those things that I knew that God was going to provide every single detail. We never went without want. And so that was something that my parents installed in me growing up. Well, then I went to college and and went into master's. 
And um, story about masters is I was laying in bed, and um, I, I wasted a lot of money the first four years of my college. Um, I left college. I knew I had to get out of there. I knew I had to do something different. I left college with a 1.9, and I was on academic probation. And I knew I wasted thousands of dollars. But I knew God called me to master's. And I said, God, I'm going to give my life to you. But all I ask in return is that my parents don't have to pay a dime, that no one's going to have to pay a dime for my college or for my master's commission. Because I'm, I'm giving my life to you. And that, that night, the Lord said, Bo, I'm going to take care of you. The next day, somebody calls me and says, hey, I have some work to do around my house. I'd love for you to come over and help. I said, all right. So I went over and helped him. And I, I don't know, I maybe made 100 bucks. I don't know, remember what it was. Because I don't remember that. I remember the next thing. He said, why don't you come into my house? And I want your parents coming over. Let's have dinner together. How much do you owe left on, on masters? And so I told him. And um, he's like, all right, I'm writing you a check. And he wrote me a check right there and said, here you go. And he said, on top of that, I'm going to give you 50 bucks a month for gas. All right, so that's all I got was 50 bucks a month for gas and f extra food. And, um, and so then a week later, I had somebody call me and say, you know what, Bo, I just really feel like I'm, I'm supposed to bless you. And so we wanted, to, we wanted to bless you, so we went out and we bought a whole bunch of clothes for you. And so at that time, I thought I had to dress up, which I didn't, but um, I could wear jeans, but they thought I had to dress up. So they bought me, um, it was five pairs of pants, and it was 10 shirts, 15 ties, and like 20 pairs of socks. No underwear. <laughs> but I was blown away because the Lord reminded me and said, I'm going to take care of your needs. So then the next week, Somebody called me and said, you know what, Bo, I have all the school supplies, pens, papers, pads of paper, whatever. We have it here. We just want to give it to you. So I said, all right, sweet. So I took it, and there we go. Well, then my car needed to get fixed. I had a 1990 Chevy Lumina, and it leaked oil. It leaked oil like crazy. And um, so I took it to the guy, and it was going to cost 1500 I think it was. And um, I took it to the guy, and he, was, he went to the to the Catholic church in town. And he's like, hey, man, I hear you're, you're leaving. You're going to go to this school, and you're going to give your life to the Lord. I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. He goes, you know what? I'm only going to charge you for the parts. I'm not going to worry about the labor. I'm ordering anything else. So it's supposed to be $1,500, and it was only like $400 that he, he charged me. And so... My car still leaked oil because there was other things that they were doing, but my car still leaked oil. And it's important for, the oil, for you to understand it leaked oil because of the story that happened. So my dad and I drove out. We left uh, Michigan and drove out, and we took a week to get to, to, um, to Spokane, Washington. In that time, my car never leaked a drip of oil. Never leaked a drip of oil. It's like, wow, God's good. And so... So then we get, into, we get into Yellowstone. I've never been there at that time. And I love wildlife, if you don't know me. Um, 
And so we get there, and I'm like, man, it'd be so awesome to see a grizzly bear. And um, so sure enough, we drove not even a mile. It was a half a mile into the park, and there was a grizzly bear 15 feet away from the road. Coincidence? I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God heard our hearts cry. I said, Lord, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve you with everything that I have. And then we saw a black bear half a mile past that, which I thought was cool. Um, and so that's just, to me, the, God just saying, Bo, I'm taking care of you. So then I got to Master's, and in, in one of the first weeks of Master's, um, we went to our, our college-age ministry, and I heard this scripture verse, Malachi 3, 6 through 12. And it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your fathers you have turned aside from your my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, How shall we return? Will you rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and that thereby put me to the test. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open windows of heaven for you and pour out down you a blessing until there is no need, no more need. And that was the scripture verse that he read. And what stuck out to me right away was, was this, verse number or verse 10. And it says, Bring into the store, whole storehouse the full tithe, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to test, says the Lord of hosts. And I'm like, my ears perked up, and it put me to test. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, I've learned, though, because there's, Three other times in the Bible, the Lord says, do not test the Lord your God. But I'm like, but you said it here to test you. So I'm going to try it. Because I like to push the limits of things. And so I said, okay, God, I have 50 bucks a month. That's supposed to be my gas and my, my food. But I'm going to give you $5 of it every time. As soon as I get that check in, that's what I'm doing. And so I did. I gave it. Five bucks. Here you go. Here you go. I'm, I'm giving back to the church. Or giving, yeah, to the church there. And um, so anyway, so a guy, just a side story to it, a little rabbit trail that relates to it, though. A guy was supposed to, he felt like he was supposed to give me money to come to Masters, and he didn't. And he thought he was supposed to give it to me for my birthday. And um, so he felt like he was supposed to give it before he left. Well, he's a huge hunter like myself, but he hunts way more than I do. Um, and, um, anyways, uh, so he's like, the Lord told him to give me a, him an amount and he didn't. And so on my birthday, which is November 20th, just in case you're ever wondering, November 20th, my birthday, um, he, uh, he sent me a check. And, um, and so the story about him is he sent me the check the next day, November 21st, he shot the biggest buck of his life. And it. I believe it's because he heard the voice of the Lord. 
So I said, okay, that's not mine because my tuition's paid off. I'm going to just give it away. So I gave that money away. The following year, that same person said, you know what? I want to give you $300 a month instead of 50 And I did the exact same thing. I actually lived. I said, God, you know what? I'm going to still keep the 50 but I'm going to give the rest away. And I saw things happen in my life over and over and over and over. And I know this is like a really touchy subject in the church. But the thing is, is that I know in my heart that this is all I've done. And the Lord has blessed me tremendously. The Lord has blessed me tremendously. Time in and time out. There was two other scripture verses that stuck out to me also. It was in Luke 21, 1 through 4. You might know it. It says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich, saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and they saw a poor widow put in two copper coins. And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Matthew 19, 16 through 24, it says, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you want eternal life, keep my commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not steal, you shall not bear false witnesses, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man oops, I just missed. said to him, all this I have kept, um, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. When, you're, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with, difficult, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. See, earlier I said, if you pin me to a wall, what I believe. But the thing is, it goes farther than that. I want to live a blessed life. I want to live a life of blessing. Because in reality, I want to live out Romans 12, 1 and 2. Which says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, to present my body, which is your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. To me, that scripture verse says to me that everything that I have is God's. So all I'm doing is giving back already what is his. So why do you think Jesus drew attention to the little to the, to the widow or to that person about an eye of the camel 
See, I know Jesus doesn't need your money at all. He doesn't even want your money. Because in Psalms 50, verse 10, it says, For every beast of the forest is his, and the cattle on a thousand hills. If he can turn water into wine, he can turn dust into gold. If he can make a donkey talk, he can make a donkey poo gold. But the key thing is, is for where your treasure is, there is your heart. See, God wants your heart. God wants your heart. And most people, including myself, I'm not perfect by any way, shape, or form. But God wants my heart. Because I look at, well, if I do this with my money, I can get this. But what about this? And so the Lord tugs on me. And let me tell you, this year it's been really hard because I've, you may, may not believe it, but I've hunted a heck of a lot less than I have in years past. Because I've noticed that it became an obsession of mine that I hunted four, five, six times a week, and I was always in the woods. But I've realized that if I really want the blessing of the Lord, that I'm going to give that to him also. And so I have, and so I, I haven't hunted as much. But the cool thing is, is I haven't hunted as much, but I've got the same amount of deer as I did last year, and I still got 15 days left. Just saying. And I'm not saying don't tithe at all because God wants your heart. The thing is, is you can't afford not to tithe. Because I believe truly everything that I have is because of my tithing, of finances and my time and my effort to the Lord. So you look at the prodigal son Jesus is passionate about you. He would leave the 99 just for you. Some of you, you got to hear that right now, that he left the 99 just for you. Just for you. He left everybody else because he wanted you. Because he wants your heart. What about the prodigal son? The son took everything, basically, went and did everything he could do, did everything under the sun, and came back. And what did Jesus do? Or what did the father do? Arms wide open, saying, let's throw a feast for you. I'm telling you this morning that the Lord has his arms wide open, saying to you this morning, I'm here. All I want is your heart." All I want is you. All I want is you. So moving here, a short story. Moving here, the Lord knew how much I liked hunting 
He put some people in my life to help me not hunt as much, to realize what I needed. But the thing is, he also knew the importance of what it meant to me because of my two passions are pastoring and hunting. And if I can figure out a way to put those together, better watch out. But the thing is, is even moving here, didn't even know the guy north of town. I had someone talk to him because he's like, oh, I know a guy. I talked to him. And so he talked to him and said, sure, why don't you come up and actually kill all the deer off my property because I don't want any. I can't do that because I like to manage deer because I do want a big buck, bigger buck someday. But the thing is, is that the Lord knew the desires of my heart. The Lord knew what meant a lot to me, but he also knew that saying, Lord, wherever you call me, wherever you tell me to go, I'm going. And so if that means to Kearney, Nebraska, from Michigan, from the country to living in town, which is a big stretch, then, then I'm going to do that. If the Lord says, Bo, it's time to move to Africa, then it's time to move to Africa. Why? Because my life is the Lord's. My finances are the Lord's. Because he already owns it anyways. And I know that through my life, I've seen him pour out a blessing upon me that I never thought would ever happen. And I'm excited to live the next 40, 50, 60 years. My grandma died when, I was 100, or when she was 104, so if I can live that long, then I've got a lot of years of blessing ahead of me. So Psalms 37.4, and this is where Keith mentioned even earlier, and I mentioned earlier, but Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Then Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will add it unto you. All these things. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say partial things. It says all these things will be added unto you. And see, that's where my heart is. Is I want to see you live a life that is a blessed life. That says, God, I'm going to give you, regardless of I don't know where it's going to come from, I don't know what's going to happen, I'm giving back to you. And there's other stories. I know that there's stories that you guys could share because you've seen it happen in your own life. But I felt it was important for me to share from my heart what God has done in my life and what I feel, why I feel so, so strongly that tithing of your finances is so important. Because what you give It'll give him back to you. It'll be so much greater than you ever thought of, that you ever even imagined, that you ever ever dreamt of. Why? Because your heart is to go after God. I want to see your dreams 
come to pass. I want to see your, you get the house that you wanted because the Lord wants to bless you. I want to see your, you get the land that you want because the Lord wants to bless you. Or the school systems that you've been praying for to get into. Or, or whatever it may be. Your, your grandchildren saved. Your, your kids saved. Whatever, whatever it may be. You know your dreams. And I challenge you to dream bigger and harder than you've ever done before. Why? Because I believe that God wants to bless you. When you serve him. Just like, just like inside of you. If you've had kids, when your kid comes up and you see something and he gets a big old he or she gets a big old smile on their face. Even if they've done something wrong, you're still like, yeah. I mean, there's there's teachable moments, obviously, but but I believe that the Lord just wants to bless you. He wants to bless his children. He wants to love on his children. He wants to provide every need, everything that you have. Callie, if you want to get ready here, because actually I'm going to pray and close here, but, but hopefully you hear my heart. I encourage you to tithe financially, but I don't, I don't want it to be because oh, the church wants your money. I don't, I don't want it. I want you to understand that I want your heart. I want to see your heart before God. That your heart will be like a fire, will be like gold. That when people see you, all they see is Jesus. When they look at you, they see that sparkle in the eye and know that you love the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because God is so good. So good. So if you guys want to stand, and Kelly, if you want to take us to a place.